Hey, folks, I know there are lots of business owners who listen to this show. Maybe some of you never planned on running a business, but now here you are. One thing you've always got to keep in mind is how much you're spending on your operating costs. That's one of the first things we had to keep in mind with WTF. And with things costing more today than they did when we started, you want to keep your expenses down. To reduce costs and headaches, be smart and use NetSuite by Oracle, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. Reduce IT costs, cut the costs of maintaining multiple systems, improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash WTF for more. That's netsuite, N-E-T-S-U-I-T-E dot com slash WTF. All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers, what the fuck buddies? What the fucking frozen people? Jesus, man. How's it going? I'm sorry if you're out there and you're freezing to death. Literally, I am sorry that you're going through that. There's nothing worse than being cold and not being able to get warm. I hope you're okay. I hope you have quilts. I hope you have a space heater. Don't set yourself on fire. I don't know what's going on with where you are. But we used to do it the, uh, the tenement heat way. I don't know if you're in New York. Do you have that radiated? Are the radiators freezing? Is the hissing stopped? Has that horrible dry heat hiss? You got to put a like a baking baking tin full of water under those things, or you'll just you know all the liquid will be taken out of your body. Sorry, name that tune. That's my fucking radiator in New York City. I uh, I tell you, I've never been more grateful to be in California when it's not burning than uh, at this particular moment. Everybody was like, you got to move to Texas. I think I'll wait. I think I'll wait on the big move to Texas. Not that it was on the menu, but I guess this is the way it's going to be all over. Erratic weather. Who knows? Weather beyond what we can handle with the uh, structures that we've put in place. The infrastructure we built was not for almost unsurvivable temperatures and conditions. So either we fucking do something to maybe stop the escalation of this or uh, make better hats, make better boots, make better jackets, make better pipes. Make better infrastructure. You know, some of this shit has not been updated since the turn of the century. I don't know where you're from or what town you're in, but uh, infrastructure is a backburnered item most of the time. So some of that shit that you guys are relying on might be from 1904. But again, I hope you're taking care of yourself. I can't imagine. Well, I can. I've been in some pretty gnarly two or three day snowstorms. But to not have power, to not have heat, that's just fucking awful. Kick on those burners, man. Is the gas working? Is the natural gas working? You got a gas stove? I guess this is going to be the era of guns and generators. You better get your guns. You better get your generators. You better uh, learn how to store your food, canned, can some stuff, make some pickles. I don't know. It's not what I'm doing. And I guess some people have been doing it for a while. Get that jerky going. No human jerky. Do not make human jerky. All right? I don't care how cold it gets. Don't eat your family. God damn it. All right? Have some soup. Okay? Sam Neill is on the show today. I'm very excited about it because I didn't know what to expect, but we had a kind of a lovely conversation. You know him from Jurassic Park, The Hunt for Red October, The Piano, and lots of films he's made in in New Zealand. He's a native New Zealand person. He's also known for his many vineyards and his two paddocks wine. He was at the farm on one of his vineyards when we talked to him, people. He was like in a bar 
of his own building, of his own creation, in one of his vineyard buildings with a bunch of wine behind him. I said it wasn't video, so he could start drinking. He's also become sort of an online favorite with his uh, social media videos of him singing songs and hanging out with farm animals and drinking his wine, I might add. Sam Neill, great conversation. I am, I'm having, I'm not having a hard time, but I'm having a raw time. I'm having a raw time, people. The assumption I made at the beginning of this shit show was true, that uh, that as this thing goes on, you will become more acquainted with who you really are. And I'm not so sad to get down to the baseline. I did just spend uh, a couple hours on Twitter uh, reveling in the death of Rush Limbaugh. I was happy to know that my armor comes up pretty quickly. I think I got out while I was ahead, or at least even. But uh, look, the honest to God truth is, yeah, having done talk radio, it's not that I don't have him in perspective or it's not that I don't understand that uh, he was a capable and uh, pioneering broadcaster. No one paused better than Rush. And I can say that honestly. That if there's one thing that he brought to the table, it was letting something sit for a minute after he said something terrible, after he celebrated the death of somebody or the bullying of the vulnerable or the pain and, and sickness of those he judged and disagreed with was as he reveled in their demise, in their pain, in their deaths, he would let it sit there for a minute. As if to let you revel in the evil fucking piece of shit that he was. Rush Limbaugh, and I'm talking about Rush Limbaugh, was an evil, malignant piece of garbage responsible for more deaths and more brain fucking than any broadcaster in history. Many of us have lost relatives to to Rush's show, to his way of thinking, to the rancid garbage he put into people's brains. He was proud of it. He was proud at laughing at the pain of others and causing pain and hatred. He loved it. Fuck him. Good riddance. So what I was saying was, in terms of figuring out who you are, I got kind of off topic there, and now I'm just trying to stop myself in the midst of this ongoing anxiety and sort of inability to sort of function and the anxiety of waiting to get a vaccine, of waiting to get some sort of normalcy, of wondering how things unfold and just dealing with the day-to-day, 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 today of the day, the same day. I have to fight my desire to do dumb little things, man. I, I wanted to go replace the cartridge on my turntable and switch out my turntable. That can wait. No, I masked up and did it. I, my rug, one of my rugs is coming unraveled. I know there's a rug repair place around the corner here, but that can wait. Like those weird things. Like I literally have to say to myself, dude, you don't need to do that. Dude, you don't need to run to the fucking supermarket for smoked paprika. You don't even need it in a recipe. Just because I lock in, I get obsessed, and I think, got to go do it. Mask up, go do it. But I, you don't have to do that stuff. That's a daily, a daily struggle with me when I'm alone during the day is not to go to a store or to a place or do a thing that is fucking completely unnecessary. Huh. Going to get a kitten in a few weeks probably going to call him mingus all right here we go sam neill the new film another great film beautiful small movie this is called rams it's about two sheep farming brothers in western australia who are at war with each other over their prized breed of rams and have to and come together kind of in the face of adversity maybe do they Uh, it's available now on all digital on-demand platforms uh, and it's a beautiful movie. I highly recommend this movie, Rams. It's a great story, and it's so tight, so simple. Characters are beautiful. Farmers in New Zealand or Australia, in Western Australia, 
and this tension, this family tension, uh, heirloom, high, you know, beautiful uh, heirloom sheep. A lot of there's a lot of uh, goat testicles in this movie, and the uh, the handling of goat testicles. Now, if that doesn't get you in, I don't know what will. Uh, Sam was at his vineyard in New Zealand when we had this conversation, and you'll notice that because I'm not doing stand up, you know, when I got an audience. I'll keep trying to get some laughs. He was great. Truly a, truly a joy to talk to Sam. Sometimes I wish I paid more attention in school, or in some cases, any attention at all. There are probably a lot of things I could have gotten more out of, like literature. And now it's probably not in the cards to go back to school and study the classics. But luckily for us, there's a new podcast called The Foxed Page that dives deep into the best books of all time. This is basically like the best possible college English class, but more relaxed and fun. No pressure of grades or needing to prepare something to say in class. It's only the books you want to read and know about presented by best-selling author Kimberly Ford. Everything from Cormac McCarthy to Madame Bovary, from classics like Frankenstein to modern hits like Lessons in Chemistry. I love Ireland, but I missed the boat on James Joyce. The Fox Page has a three-part series on Dubliners, and that's a pretty great starting point. Want to get the most out of what you read? The Fox Page is for you. Get it now wherever you get your podcasts. Neil. How are you, Sam? I'm fine, thank you, Mark. Nice to meet you. I see you've got Gimme Shelter behind you. That was yeah. that the was that the movie about Altamont and all that? Was yeah, that it definitely had Altamont in it. It was uh yeah, the the Maisel yeah. the Maisel brothers. Uh mm. yeah, that was the one it was they set out to make a an exciting, fun documentary about the Rolling Stones tour, and then it turned into a fucking demonic nightmare (laughs) yeah but i I heard a reassessment of all that that um that cast the stones into a much worse light than you would have it that's true i read a book there's a book that was written by a journalist in san francisco and uh, yeah it turns out that the stones were uh just awful from the get-go that there was no precautions taken that no one was prepared for anything and uh and they didn't care yeah, it was actually a really chilling account. Well, what was chilling about it was just how out of control it got because there was no bathrooms, there was no doctors, there was no water, oh there was, and they didn't expect that many people. And like hundred, like a hundred thousand people, however many came, it was just insanity. No one was there. It was chaos. And then there was this bad drugs going around. Everyone was out of their mind. The stage wasn't even. The stage was like three feet off the ground, Sam. Three feet with no security, but hell's it. It was crazy. I know. And and people wonder why I don't go to festivals anymore. Scary. Did you used to go? <laughs> the last time I went um, was actually in Ireland, maybe 10 years ago. In Ireland? In Ireland, yeah. It was kind of cool. It was good. It was out in the middle of nowhere, and there was so many more good bands than I expected. It's a nice way to spend the day. It was a good way to spend. They had like tents with different things on, and sure, yeah, you always had a choice of like three things at any one time. Who are your bands? Like, who do you like? Who do I like? Yeah. Oh, who are your go-to bands? Okay, my ideal uh, festival. Yeah. Um, I'd need to revive them, but I need little feet with Lowell George. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah. Sure. Yeah. Uh, probably headlining. Great. Um, I'd like Randy Newman in one of the side tents. Oh, Randy's great. Yeah, I don't want him on the main stage. I want him in a side tent so there's just a hundred of us and Randy, you know. He'd feel better about that. He doesn't need the pressure. You know, he, he's, yeah. he's hard on himself. I tell you who I also saw live, and, and to my complete surprise, they were about as good a thing live as you could possibly imagine was Radiohead. Oh, yeah. You wouldn't imagine them being a great live band. They were fantastic. Great live band. Really? Why wouldn't you imagine that? Because they're sort of uh, enchanting somehow, you know? Well, they're not exactly uh, rock and roll, you know what I mean? They're right. sort of... <laughs> and and um, uh, it's kind of miserablest rock. And you, you wouldn't think that would be a good day out. But, oh, my God, they were fantastic. 
Tom York was was, yeah. was really compelling. They get into a zone. They're great. I I I saw you sing a Randy Newman song from uh, Sail Away. I think it was on Sail Away. Uh, the one uh, on one of your uh, what is that Instagram or Twitter? What do you do the little movies on? God, what did I dare to do on that? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm Dayton, Ohio. I, Dayton, Ohio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a kind of a safe song. I I wanted to do Sail Away, and I thought, oh no, maybe not everyone gets Randy Newman. Not not everyone gets irony. Not everyone understands that he's. Yeah, <laughs> it's not him. Yeah, it's he's it's a character. You he, know? Wrote, <laughs> he wrote it's one a, of the the best songs ever written. I'm one of I that song "Guilty" is one of the greatest songs ever. Do you know the song "Guilty"? Oh, it's incredible! Oh it's my incredible. god, that song kills yeah. me. I can't get through it without crying. I know, and and it's a great song to cover too. You know, yeah, it's a sweet song, and and then like uh, I like the uh, last night I had a dream. Uh, there's a lot of I. I had him. Yeah. I interviewed him once for a couple hours. It was one of the high points of my life. Uh, what a great thing to do! Uh, I was listening the other day to uh, it's hilarious and 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 grotesque. I love L.A. Oh yeah, yeah. It's a great. That's yeah. <laughs> he, he's such a. He's so funny, man. And and dark too. You know. Yeah. Um, how dark is you can leave your hat on? I love that song. Yeah. But it's dark. It's it so is. dark and creepy and strange. What about well, let's burn down the cornfield? Oh God, the list is endless, isn't it? <laughs> how, how, we we need we need five hours with Randy. Yeah, man, he's great. So, are you in a? a is that a bar? In your, do you have a wine bar in your house? What's what's going on in that room? Did, <laughs> did you think? <laughs> did no, you this think, is this is. Um, you know, I have four vineyards. Yeah. And this is the kind of this is kind of the principal one, mm. and um, it's it's midsummer, and uh, the you know the the vines are in full, are pumping at full rate at the moment. My cattle and my sheep are over there. So wait, you have four uh, vineyards, and each one of them has a house on it. <laughs> is that what you're this saying? This isn't the house. This is if you if you come to my. If you come to my vineyard, this is where I will I will pour wine down your throat liberally. Well, you know, I would uh, like I don't I don't drink anymore, but if you can get me citizenship, I might need it, and I'll let you do that. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's getting a little dicey here. I I don't know if this a great turn of events is going to save us. So uh, I don't know how many people. Do you know many Americans who have run away down there? Do you know? Do you have friends from show business, Sam, that have bought? uh palatial chunks of property down there i don't have any no I, huh. it's 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 mostly um it's mostly i i believe uh, the chunks of property have been bought by people with something called hedge funds i don't i don't know what fe- hedge funds are exactly i think we all need one because they're obviously uh they obviously uh you know, you know they reap great profits from whatever these things are but um yeah, I, they're a bundle I, of different stocks run by a few guys, and and those guys take other people's money and gamble with it on their hedge fund stocks, and some of them make a lot of money. I think that's my limited understanding of it. Well, we're in the wrong business. We need to be, we need to gamble with other people's money. I, I, yes, I have no idea. I sometimes I don't even know how I'm getting paid. I just assume the guy I call. <laughs> the guy the guy who tells me I'm great and they want me he also tells me I got paid so I I just have to trust that guy yeah <laughs> yeah um I I I am that guy around here at any one time I have about 10 people working for me yeah uh, and um yeah so I'm the guy that um uh I think I'm the guy that everyone depends on and I have to say there is no money in I, I don't like to tell them that because they're all working for me in a wine capacity. Right. <laughs> there, there is no money in wine. So what is it that, what is it about the, the wine people? I mean, what you, is this just a way of you servicing your alcoholism? I mean, how. <laughs> yeah, it works. It works. That way. <laughs> it seems like a lot um, to do for, you know, you can just buy a few bottles a day. You don't, you know, <laughs> I know that a sane man would do, would do exactly that. Mark, a sane man. <laughs> Uh, no, in 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 my case, it's kind of historical, 
I have um, I, I have family. I've found out that I got family that goes back to 1805 and um, growing wine, and and my father in my Ireland. Oh, uh, that was in Sicily. Oh, you have Italian family. He wasn't. He wasn't. He wasn't actually. What's that noise? I don't know. Is that you or me? It, I don't think Is that it's someone me. upstairs. Is that someone upstairs yeah, having a good time? It's the ghost of your great grandfather. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um, no, he was. Uh, that was a man called Benjamin Ingham, and he went to went to um, Sicily and made a fortune from uh, Marcella. Oh, I see. So he was. Uh, he was not Italian. He wasn't Italian. No, he was. He was a Yorkshireman. But um, on the Neil side, yeah. Um, I'm I'm fourth generation, possibly fifth, in wine and spirits. But I'm 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 the first one. I'm the first Neil to grow wine. Wait, so you're the fifth generation in wine and spirits, but you're the first one to actually make their own. Is that what is that what yes. you're really telling me? <laughs> yeah, the, the others the others were merchants and, and were drowning in it. <laughs> is that the? Is, I don't want to. I don't want to be stereotyping, but is that the Irish line, the Neils? That's the Irish land. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yes. What part do you do you spend time in Ireland at all? Uh, I have, but um, and in fact, I've I've worked in Ireland two or three times, uh, and and I love going back, and and I kind of feel um, weirdly at home. And I tell you, there's something about Ireland that that kind of makes me feel comfortable, and I've yeah. always puzzled as to whether that's because my first seven years were there. Or if it's a, if it's a DNA thing, well, I'll tell you, I I don't want to burst your bubble, but I'm a I'm a hundred percent Ashkenazi Jew, and I have the exact same feeling in Ireland. So, um, <laughs> I, <laughs> so maybe maybe uh, don't lean on the genetics so much. Let's go with the other thing. But Marc Maron sounds entirely f french to me yeah i don't know why that is there there it does look french it sounds french but it isn't it's it goes all the way back to uh like belarus i think uh, pale of settlement pogroms you know i come belarus. from a, yeah i come from a yeah. line of uh of uh of tailors and uh people who own surplus stores yeah it never pays to sort of go back too far as um i i think um stephen fry's family he you know that you know that series. Who do you think you are? Yeah, uh, no, but we have one here similar. Yeah, finding your roots. Yeah, finding your roots, and 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 whenever anyone says um, Belarus or something, it always end, you think you know it ends up with some grotesque thing that happens in the in the yeah in the it, yeah it was all you know? it's all that's the pale of settlement people. Those are the Jews, right? Yeah. Usually, yeah. Yeah, or pogroms or some Sure, yeah. Thing. Yeah. No, it, it never, you know, it, it never it, it doesn't generally end well for the Jews. Like, yeah, no. they, it seems like the the Jews that ended up in America and maybe in England, they're only there because they were running away. That anywhere there are Jews <laughs> surviving, it's cuz they left in a hurry. <laughs> Wisely. Yeah, yeah. The ones who got out under the wire. Yeah. But yeah. okay, so you come fifth generation spirits, but you're the guy that made the investment. You're the one that did it. Do you have like are you a wine nerd? Is that what it is? Cuz like I don't drink anymore. So I and I I enjoyed wine, but it seems like it's one of those things like there's no end to what you could obsess about. Yeah. <laughs> yes, thank you, Mark. Um <laughs> no, I'm look, I I'm yeah, I love wine, but I'm not I'm not um I'm not I'm not crazy about it. I'm not I'm not exactly wild-eyed about it, but I, I look. It's more, of course. I deeply care about this. I care about what's in the bottle. Is that one and, of yours? And, and yeah, and and I'm I'm wildly ambitious that this should be the greatest wine in the world. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I don't. I have no ambitions as an actor at all. Never. No have. more. Oh, really? But I started off very humbly and modestly in in wine. Yeah, and. And my ambition gets more and more out of control every year. Right. And um, and and you know what, Mark? I yeah. think I'm getting close to it. I think I'm getting very close to making the greatest wine on the planet. Oh, that's great. That's great that, uh, you know, all you need to do is believe that, Sam. I, there, you, no one can take that. <laughs> and no one can take that away from you, all right? Please don't. 
Please don't present me as some self-delusional fool from the <laughs> South Pacific. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. You're just uh, you're a good audience, and I don't talk to anybody. Um, I'm all, I'm all alone here, Sam. The, you know this isolation thing's starting to starting to get to me. Oh my God, I, I completely understand that. Not only that, um, when you get out of isolation, which I finally did in December, yeah, when I when I got out of quarantine here, yeah. I sort of wanted to go back into isolation. I'd become so institutionalized <laughs> that people walking, you know, unguarded in the streets, unmasked, <laughs> terrifying, kissing each other, breathing everywhere. Yeah, I, 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 I it completely freaked me out. I was, I was in a state of absolute chaotic, um, uh, a terror. <laughs> Yeah, I can't. I don't. I talked to my friend in New York, and he said his son is taking the train downtown. I'm like, a train? A train? <laughs> what? You're gonna let him back in the house? <laughs> yeah, that's right. I love. So where are you? Where are you hold up? Glendale. Glendale. Where's that? It's Los Angeles. I'm in Los Angeles. Okay. But I'm okay, man. I, you know, it's all right. I'm. You know, I'm. I'm working it out. I'm figuring it out. I I, t- I try to talk to people. I, I was doing what you were doing on Instagram. I was I make videos every morning. But you you do yours are like a minute, two minutes. I'm on there for for an hour just talking to you know, yeah to, to a live audience of about eight hundred to a thousand people in the morning just wandering around wow. talking to my cats. I play records for them and then. <laughs> <laughs> and then by the end of the day, it gets anywhere from like ten thousand to twenty-five thousand views. Like some—that's how bored people are here. They'll watch me make coffee for an hour, you know, at, at some point during their day. And you're doing it on camera. Yeah, do it on the. Uh, yeah, I I do it with my phone. But you know, the great thing about show business right now, uh, at least here, is that I have the same production values with my phone as the Tonight Show has. So no one. <laughs> No, everybody. That is true. Yeah, <laughs> and a better set. My God, you got Mick Jagger on your set. Look at that. Yeah, exactly. But uh, wait, so you had no ambition as as an actor ever? No. So what? Wh- how'd you get into it? Every time I get a job, I'm completely astonished. Uh, who are these fools <laughs> that want to employ me? <laughs> they, it's that attitude they love so much. I don't. I don't know. It's, I. I. It's. I. Harrison Ford's turned them down. Yeah, I'll you read. know everybody's turned. <laughs> Where's Sam Neill? I'm number, making I'm number wine. twenty-seven on the list. <laughs> Does he still act? I don't know. He's making wine. <laughs> well, just is he alive? Yeah, is he alive? Call him up. How old is he now? <laughs> but wait, but how did you get? Why did you get started in it? I didn't really mean to. I didn't really. I I I, don't, I never imagined that I would get into uh, acting as a career. Yeah, I, lo- I I knew I loved acting, and I started at school in it, and it, it was a sort of it was therapeutic as much as anything. I I, I underscore that by saying I really I really don't like drama as as a therapy, but it was therapeutic for me because I had a very bad stammer as a child, and and I I started very. Badly, and I hardly spoke for 14 years until I sort of gradually started to get some confidence as an adolescent, and I realised on stage I could actually speak clearly, and and um, huh. and that gave me the sort of courage to sort of to actually talk to people and talk to adults, for instance. Yeah. And then and then um, when I left university, I got a, a, a sort of pretty ordinary degree uh, in in English at university and I left there thinking I don't know what I'm going to do I would have liked to have gone to drama school there wasn't any drama school to go to I would have liked to have um, uh, gone straight into acting there wasn't really any film being made in New Zealand in those days and um, what was going uh, on there anything what did you do what did people do in New Zealand what did your dad do he was in wine and spirits Ah, so in New Zealand, oh, he was he was actually there. He saw he had a liquor store. Yeah, they were. He was a. He were, they they were merchants. Neil and Company Wine and Spirits merchants. Okay. Okay. Yeah, and he was. Uh, he he said to me, "You need to get a job," and I I realized it didn't. There was there was no chance of act, as acting as a career. There just wasn't any work. So, I I got a job working as a uh, in documentary film, and I trained as a film editor. I became a director, 
And then I did that for six or seven years. While I was doing that, I would sort of moonlight in one or two of my friends' little films, little short films. And uh, a guy called Roger Donaldson spotted me in one of those films and cast me as the lead. Again, I, I know I, I thought this guy is crazy. Yeah. Uh, um, in, in, in the first in the first color feature film ever made in New Zealand and the first film that had been made for 20 years. Uh, wow. A film called Sleep, Sleeping Dogs. And that sort of, um, and then I went back to um, making documentaries. Someone saw me in that film and they asked me to come to Australia and uh, act in a film called My Brilliant Career opposite Judy Davis. That's, she's great. That's a big movie. Uh, uh, yeah, well, that went to Khan. And I realized when I got to Australia that for the first time in my life, people said, you're actually really quite good. I said, what? Yeah, no, no, you're good. You're a good actor. Oh, come on. Pull my, pull my other leg. And, and, um, uh, and then I started making a good living as an actor, and that took me to England and, and points beyond. So it's sort of – and I'm still surprised. It's actually – 50 years, someone reminded me rather cruelly uh, in, in an interview earlier today since the first time uh, my face was seen on celluloid. Yeah. It was in 19, um, 1971 or something like that. That's a long so it's 50 time. 50 years. It's wow. a hell of a long time. Well, what, what, let me just ask you, though. Like, so you did all that. You were six, seven years in documentaries. What does that mean? What, is there some amazing business in documentaries in New Zealand in the late 60s? I mean, what... Like, how was that an employment? Like, what what were you, what were the documentaries about? Yeah, well, it, it was it was a, it was the New New Zealand National Film Unit, and it was a, it was a government. Most people worked for the government in those days. Okay, we, and and um, we made films uh, for for government departments. A lot of a lot for tourists and publicity. Uh huh. And and occasionally we get a film. We'd we'd make a film for for ourselves and. Uh, so my very first film was <laughs> for the New Zealand Post Office. Ah. It was about telephone courtesy. Ah, you know, yeah. How to how to how to <laughs> how to answer a phone <laughs> and not offend people. And that was you were the, you acted in that film? No, no, no. I I wrote it and directed it. Oh, oh, oh so you had to bring another guy in, huh? Yeah, I cast I cast my friends in, uh, in, in these roles that I'd written. Uh, the New Zealand Post Office ran the ran the telephones in those days. Uh -huh. Yeah, different days. I mean, like, so what do you tell me? So at that time, was did you know everybody on the island? I mean, what how how was there a lot of people there? Like, were you in those days? Um, in those days, there were two and a half million people in New Zealand, and seventy million sheep. Wow. We were vastly outnumbered by the sheep. And what are the? I I don't want to be uh, ignorant, but what are the indigenous people called? Maori. Maori. Right. 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 Yeah. And now, was did you under? Was there a dynamic between the Maori and like your family or people in general when you were growing up? I don't know what the situation is there. Yeah, that's a, it's 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 an interesting situation. I grew I grew up in the South Island, and there's very very few. Um, well, there were very few Maori people in the South Island in those days. Um, things have changed considerably. Um, like indigenous people pretty much everywhere, there's disadvantage and uh, a fair amount of poverty too yeah. up in the north. Uh, but things are changing rapidly. And uh, the Maori people were uh, – it's, it's very different from Australia, for instance. There was a treaty – called the Treaty of Waitangi, that was struck between the Crown, uh, the British, and and the Maori people in 1840. Okay. And and since uh, uh, the 90s, uh, the Waitangi Tribunal has been redressing grievances and returning land and 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 compensate, compensating in, in a monetary sense. For loss of lands and and deprivation, one way or another. So, while it's not perfect, uh, I think um, we're a very different society than the one I grew up in. People are much more uh, respectful 
and aware of 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 Maori traditions and and te reo, that's Maori language, and um, actually very proud of uh, how integral um, Maori people and Maori culture is to is is to New Zealand society. Yeah, isn't isn't Taika uh, Waititi uh, Maori part Maori? Absolutely. Yeah, because yeah. I, I just watched that movie. It's still in my mind because I, I watched that movie that you were in, uh, you know, The Hunt for the yeah. the Wilder People. And it, was that kid uh, Mari as well? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. What a great movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think it's kind of a, a, a sort of an, uh, uh, kind of central to the story of New Zealand now too. that film in a, in a strange way. Is it? Um, yeah, I think so. It, it has a sort of healing quality. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of... There's a, there's there's a lot of wounds, a lot of a lot of um, there's a lot of blood in the soil in New Zealand. There were in the 1860s, 1870s, what's what were were known as the Maori Wars when I was growing up. There's now known as the New Zealand Wars or the Land Land Wars. Uh-huh. And um, there's still a lot of bad blood, but a, a film like Wilder People has has the effect of bringing people together rather than separating them. You know? Yeah, it's beautiful. So, it, so it had a profound effect on on the culture there. That film in particular, it played well there. I'm not sure about profound, but it had a, had a big effect. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, it's a beautiful movie, and I mean, and I, you know, it's just sort of interesting. The last I watched the the Rams movie as well, and I like this uh, version of you. This kind of like you know, beaten down, <laughs> aging, emotionally <laughs> stifled. <laughs> um, yeah, curmudgeonly. Yeah, I, I, I read once somewhere once that um, uh, Gregory Peck would make notes on his scripts, but on most pages he would put these three letters at the top of the page: N A R. And someone asked him, "What does N A R mean, Mister Peck?" He said, "No acting required." <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, it seems like uh, you know what kind of what kind of animals you got on the vineyards there. You got what, is that a farm? Do all vineyards have animals? How does it work? Do you have to have animals? What do you do with the animals? You're no. making wine. Are you butchering animals too, or you're milking them? What are you doing? Do you make milk? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't make any milk. Um, <laughs> I don't. I love the innocent premise of that question. No, I, um, um, the look, um, everything we do here is organic. We make organic wines. We use a lot of biodynamic um, principles, uh-huh. and, and for and for that, for instance, um, animals are absolutely integral to those procedures. So, okay, Highland cows have big, uh, scary horns, and they're sort of shaggy, and um, they produce. Uh, to, to put it as pleasantly as I can, the best manure okay. uh, possible for, uh, and, and, and manure is, is absolute. We're, we're all about um, soil health. Mm. And for soil health, you need um, good compost, good manure, because you're restoring um, nitrogen to the soil. It's, it's, I'm, I'm getting really boring now, Mark. I well, apologize. No, well, I mean, because it's, it's, I'm getting into this, uh, you know, nerdy, techie thing. It's okay. And, it's okay. And, but we're talking about poop, and that's always good. You know, people yeah. enjoy poop talk. Like, as it's long refreshing, as, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, as long as it's not too sciencey. We're, I think we're, yeah. the idea yeah. is, yeah, and I think that it's not, you, so you have these very exotic kind of, uh, you know, prehistoric looking animals that you just, you just have around so you can collect their shit. I mean, they, yeah, that's, and, and, but, but so you just you're really so you're shit farming with the cows to make yeah. the soil better for the wine. Yeah, yeah, good shit, good wine. You know. So that's how many cows do you have just for this purpose? Like, what's the herd number? Uh, I think I've got twelve or fourteen. We just had a few new calves. Uh, I haven't had a head count for a while, but I think it's, I think it's it's about fourteen at last count. I've got about thirty sheep. They also do the same thing. They're on weed control too. You know, they, they instead of spraying the place with um, foul chemicals from um, you know who. Yeah. Um, uh, we. I we don't use know sheep who. To, like like Mount Monsanto. Yes, 
Monsanto. Well, like Monsanto, right. yeah, obviously. Yeah. So, okay, so you 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 sheep poop to kill bugs? Uh, weed control. We don't. Oh. Uh, bug, bugs aren't such a problem here, but weeds. We get a lot of com- competition from weeds. So sheep sheep poop kills weeds. No, they eat the weeds. Oh, got it. Okay, got it. So, how many sheep you got? You've, You've got to get out of the house more, Mark. You know, I know. I, 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 I'm learning the secrets <laughs> of farming. I, I know that I, I'm, I'm familiar with the the eating of the. I learned a lot with the with the sheep movie that you were in, but um, yeah. So, so how many sheep is there over there? I think uh, about forty at the moment, forty or fifty. And do you, do yeah. you uh, do you name them? Do you shear them? Do you make uh, wool? Do you have people come in and make wool? I do name some of them, uh, and um, those are the ones that I, I don't want to end up on on somebody else's plate. Uh, mm. I have one called Jeff Goldblum, who is a retired ram, and uh, he's he's a good friend. He's I can see him actually at the moment. He's up he's up the top under a power pylon up there. Very nice ram. Does he uh, does he is, well he, is he uh, is he neurotic and speak in a strange kind of rhythm? <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of humming and hurry. <laughs> well, that's nice. So there's no no one's getting killed unless you because ha- like you know in the in two movies I've seen you in there was just a massacre of of animals. <laughs> and they like I did, I'm happy to know that it's like it just just terrible. It's just terrible. No, there's um, uh, look. I have to say. Um, Look, if if you want the if you want the sorted facts, um, in any given year we might get 20, 24, 24, I think we got twenty four lambs this last season. Twelve of those will be boys, and twelve of those will not, and the boys will not make it to the. the you know, we bring in a new ram. You just need one ram for the flock. Yeah, uh, and the boys, mm, well, they'll have a happy life, but not necessarily a very long life okay fine now i think it's, it's tough it's tough on the farm why it's tough on the farm what oh yeah oh yeah because you gotta wait what do you do do you eat them i do yeah i do you don't have to be ashamed of that i would think that even people <laughs> like you're doing it correctly you get to know them and then you tell yeah. them to look the other way and you murder them and then you you <laughs> chop them up and you eat them. Not, everything's used. You make soup with the bones. I mean, if you make soup with the bones, you get the bones of the dogs. How many dogs you got over yeah. there? I just have one dog who's sleeping outside and scratching. Okay. Are you scratching or sleep? oh, sleeping? Sleeping. Oh, yeah. So right. I guess like, okay, here's a pressing question. In the movie Rams, your new film, which I enjoyed a great deal. Good. Thank you. Are those prosthetic testicles or those gen- are those actual uh, balls, you know, on the... Those are real balls, Mark. Okay. And I have to. You have to tilt your hat. Tilt your hat. Yeah. You have to tilt your hat. Yeah. Tip your hat. Yeah. Tip to it. your average ram, there is no animal so prodigious on the planet. Let me tell you. Yeah. Uh, uh, a good ram can cover eighty females, eighty ewes in a given day. Huh. Eighty. Huh. Now. Uh, even the worst sex addict from your town sure can't come anywhere close to that no no they've tried but it doesn't end <laughs> yeah with, that's yeah. right back in the day you know some guys got close <laughs> I t- <laughs> that's what i hear they, the, there was a time but, sam <laughs> but that's that's why they need very very big testicles they're, i get they're, it. Uh, per, per body weight they're the biggest balls on the planet. Yeah. Well, that's uh, well, okay. That's well, good to know. It's uh, you know, I don't know what to do with that information. I was gonna make a joke, but I couldn't come up with a name quick enough. Just slowly process. <laughs> yeah. The, Sleep well, you know. Yeah, I love the movie. I like both of those movies. I like the older movies too. So, like, with no, so you didn't train as an actor. What you just learning on the job? Were the directors that gave you some hints? Other were there co-stars that you had that said maybe you should think about you know, doing it this way? I mean, how did you pick it up? I think uh, uh, listening and listening and and kind of working it out for myself. And, and, and in the old days, we used to, we used to have uh, what they call dailies or rushes. Sure. And, and uh, we would all go file into a screening room a day or two after you'd shot that day and watch, watch those dailies. 
And I learned a lot from that, just going, oh, my God, what did I think I was doing there? Oh, oh, oh no, that's oh, it's worse. It's yeah. worse. Don't do that again. Right. And, uh, I learned a lot from that. I learned a lot from other actors just just watching and 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 observing who I liked and who I didn't like. And I thought, that guy's good. Who? Like who? But also... Oh, so, oh, so many. I mean, like, who were the, what was one of the first guys you're like, oh my god, I got to figure that out. That was great. I think, I think I was processing that very early on. I, I was, a, I was a big f- fan actually of um, British movies when I was growing uh-huh. up. So, I, I like people like Dirk Bogard and oh, James yeah. Mason. Yeah, those sort of actors. Oh yeah, James Mason's great. I just watched those uh, a couple of the uh, the Joseph Losey scripts. I, I just watched. Oh uh, yeah. What was the one with Anne Bancroft? Was it the oh the pump, pumpkin eater? Was that it? The pumpkin eater? Oh yeah! Oh my yeah. god, that was brutal. I love those Lucy films. Yeah, do the, you know what I think? It, it it might be the greatest film ever made, and I haven't seen it for a long time. It may have dated, but the Go Between. Oh, I gotta watch that. Oh, it's fantastic. Is that a Lucy film? Yeah, um, Julie Christie. Um, it's a fantastic, fantastic film. Edward Fox. Ah, uh, I just watched The Accident and. Uh, because I'm watching there on the Criterion channel, they got all these Pinter scripts. So I watched The Accident, which I think had Dirk in it. And I watched, uh, uh, yeah, The Pumpkin Eater, which had James Mason in it. And um, who was the lead in that? Uh, oh, uh, Peter Finch. Yeah, Peter Finch. Australian. Yeah. Yeah, Interesting was he? actor. Yeah, yeah. I, I, remember, I remember I've seen Network many times, and that was the last movie. Yeah, that was his last film. Uh, but he, it was um, Laurence Olivier that um, encouraged uh, him to leave Australia and seek seek his fortune elsewhere, and the rest is history. Yeah, what about, did Olivier, did you like Olivier? Yeah, not so much on, on film. You know, there's not, not a lot on film that, that I particularly cared for. Why not? I, I what mean, do you think? What was about the other guys? You could see their personality? I don't know. They, they, they always kind of smacked of the theater a little bit, mm. you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, whereas um, James Mason was made for cinema. Mm. He's so watchable. Yeah. So watchable. And and um, and and does seemingly so little, but so little can speak so much. I know that's. I mean, did you? So you learned that. So that's what you learned from him, because like you know, it's my instinct. You know, when I act, like I, I come in always too hot, too just out of control. Takes, <laughs> like, but that's fine. You know, it gives me a lot of leeway. You know, it, turning things down is easy. It, actually, either way, I like being directed. You, I love being directed. And and one bit of advice I got very early on, I've never forgotten it, was if in doubt, do nothing. Huh. Um, but that's only if you're in doubt, I think. Uh, doing nothing isn't enough. And sometimes I see actors doing nothing. I think, well, come on, do something. Well, yeah, the, right. I that's, think doing that's, nothing. That's insufficient. Right, right, right. I think doing nothing and being engaged is different than doing nothing, actually doing nothing. Sometimes I worry about my hands. Did you ever worry about your hands? Like, what am I doing uh, with my hands? Like, you know, because like film, Jeff Daniel yeah. said to me, he said, you got to learn how to use your face because most of film is face. Mm. And, you know, I'm a mouth breather, so that's tricky. Every time you cut to me, <laughs> my mouth is going to be open. <laughs> I'm like, wow. Well, if that's I, hilarious. yeah, if I look at myself on film, I'm like, why is my mouth fucking open? Can't just tell me to close my mouth. <laughs> well, well, the mustache helps. Yeah, a little bit. I, I, but I can't be aware of everything. You know, that's something that's deep. I just never breathe through my nose. Like, like I can't worry about that while I'm acting. On top of everything else, like to breathe through my nose. But I tell you, I, I, you know, I, I think the best motto I ever heard was, "What is acting?" Yeah. And and I think it's and, and this this sum, sum, sums it up better than anything I've ever heard. Yeah. Is um, uh, pretending to be someone else. But really, really meaning it. Yeah, right. And that's all you need to know, really. Either you got that's it or you, you don't. You don't need to go to drama school. You just just remember that shit. But do you feel like you've gotten better over time? Of course, right? I hope I have. You're always yeah. pretty good though. I mean, I even remember like I don't know the really I, I can't remember if I saw my brilliant career, but I remember the 
the the uh, Damien movie. That was scary. Uh, I wish people didn't remember that. Really? Why? It's so like, uh, you know, that was one of the great characters, the Antichrist. You have a problem with the... <laughs> I wasn't very happy with my performance, but but I, I thought... Um, what was the problem uh, with it in your mind? Oh, I just wasn't very good. It was very early days, but um, I'll forgive myself for it. How many movies have you forgotten? Have you, you, must, you must have forgotten a few. Oh, yeah, I've forgotten most of them. But the, the, someone said it was 75 movies or yeah. something like that. Uh-huh. It's a lot. Yeah. But the, you can't remember all of them. No. But the, 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 um, I thought the problem with playing the Antichrist and the gift is this. It must be the loneliest job in the, in the world being the Antichrist, don't you think? I don't know. Ask our last I mean, president. Yeah, well, I mean, it is kind of. Yeah, I don't. I, no, he's. There's no way a buffoon could be the antichrist. If you're going to be the antichrist, you're going to be really clever, aren't you? I guess. Otherwise, you're not. You know. You know. I mean, the yeah. last president was a was a complete buffoon. Yeah, a dangerous but, but buffoon. <laughs> a very dangerous buffoon. Never give. You know. Never arm. Um, a clown. Uh, now, uh, if if you're really the Antichrist, yeah, you can't go around saying, um, "Oh, look, um, can I take you on a Friday night?" Oh, this is nice, isn't it? Uh, another martini. By the way, I'm the Antichrist. People yeah. are just going to run, run, and run screaming, aren't they? They're, they're, or they're, they're going to go like, "Sure, you are." Okay. <laughs> Okay. Come on. It's scary, man. I've heard that. Yeah, all the guys tell me that. I'm the Antichrist. <laughs> and it doesn't turn me on. <laughs> Get, Get out of here. Take another do it another angle, new angle. <laughs> so you thought yeah. he was too human. That was your problem? I, I thought I, I felt kind of sorry for him. It must be so lonely, you know. But that's just, that's good so though. That's good. lonely. Good. Yeah. I've, I've seen guys overplay Satan, you know? I mean, Pacino just chewed up the scenery in Devil's Advocate, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like, right. wow. And that's it's a lot of Satan. A lot of Satan. Hello. Come on. He's chewed a lot. Of, he's chewed a lot of scenery. So I don't remember him chewing scenery in the early days. Do you remember? I, I don't no, think he was chewing he, scenery. No, it, it all just... happened after Scarface. Scarface was the Scarface. turning point. And then everything was yeah, like. What every, happened in that film? He just was talking he loud. Too much fun. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, he did yeah. uh, Tony Montana, but uh, you know what? It was scent of a woman too. Hoo ha! You know, and then, but you, <laughs> you know the, the, you know the, but you know when he's he can still do it, Sam. Did you see him play Jack Kevorkian? Great, he was great in that the HBO I haven't movie. Seen that? No. He can still yeah. he can still dial it way down. He comes in a little hot because he's yeah. you know he's got a lot to prove now. But you can, if you want him to take it down, he does biopics now, and he's very good at it. Have you ever done a biopic? Yeah. Uh, yes, I did. I played, um, I played a sort of um, very um, famous uh, kind of Trump-esque uh, um, mining magnate from oh. Australia. Oh, yeah. what's that movie called? Um, his name was Lang Hancock. And he, you know, he, he made a fortune from just, he flew over these hills and said, why are these hills red? I realized they were, you know, like 90% iron. And he became um, one of the wealthiest men on the planet. Wow. From just that little insight. And so he just strip mined all of New Zealand or Australia? Australia? Australia. Yeah. Yeah. yeah there seemed like some people made a lot of money in Australia. The cattle money. The Kidman family, yeah. but I I found out it's not Nicole, right? That no, sadly. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I I interviewed her recently, and I was like, so come on, tell us about you know you own half Australia, right? She's like, no, that's not me. Yeah, like so, that was a good question. Yeah, she she might have she might have really been that Kidman, but she's always said no. I want, I don't know. It doesn't seem like it, unless her dad was like the black sheep of the family, you know, like right. Uh, yeah. You worked with her. That was a big movie, right? The what, which movie was that? Dead Calm, right? Dead Dead Calm, yeah. And um she was good always, not, right? Oh, she was fantastic. I'm not sure if that would be appropriate these days. Uh 
I think I was 41 and she was 22 or something like that. The characters are in real life. Well, we weren't dating. We were just um, we were just in the movie together. No, I get it, but I mean that was the impl- yeah. you're implying that that the relationship on screen wasn't appropriate, correct? I'm not saying you were dating. Uh, no, it's just um, I, I don't know. Every, uh, there's a lot of sensitivities about. Um, Look, I've I've done material on it as a, a comic. I've talked about dating younger women. I you know it's like you, someone I did a joke years ago on Letterman, and I got an email. Because someone saw it and they're like, maybe you should, you know, figure out how to take that down. I'm like, you, you just want me to erase my history? This is a, it's a, it's, it's a good joke. Are you going to start scrambling to? It was on television, man. Whoa, God. It's like yeah. that's not going to happen, buddy. But mm. uh, well, so what happened with James Bond? I mean, that you know, that could have been a game changer. I don't. I didn't. I bringing up touchy stuff. Is it? I almost always get asked about this. I went to a, I was sent along reluctantly by my, by my agent uh, in the early eighties. Darling, they're casting a new James Bond, and you, you should be the new James. I said, I don't want to be James Bond, darling. I'm telling you to go. So I went. I had this excruciating, yeah, um, audition, uh, and. Uh, a, there's no way I want to do it, and, and B, there's no way they're going to offer it to me, and they didn't, which is a relief, so I didn't have to say no. But um, I tell you what I would have dreaded about it, because today, I mean, you know, it's it's like being branded yeah. somehow. Yeah, yeah. And I and I would go to, a, if, if, if I'd done that, I would, having spoken to you, I'd go down to for a coffee at my local village. Yeah. And and there would be people I don't know there would go, oh, my God, look, that's James Bond over there. That's the one I always dis- – that's the one I always hated. <laughs> the bad that's, Bond. There's the, look, there's the crap Bond over there in the corner. How sad. And and you'd be that would that would be with you for the rest of your life. So I dodged a bullet there one way I, or another. Dude, I have not watched a James Bond movie in 40 years. I think the last James Bond movie I saw was a Roger Moore James Bond movie. I missed all the Jim- Timothy Dalton ones. I don't care about it anymore. Yeah. So which one would, yeah. would you have been? The, the one that Dalton got? Dalton Dal- Dalton got that gig, yeah. And, and you know that guy? To it. Uh, I've met him once, I think, in a car park, you know, as you do. Yeah, I, 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 I don't think I've seen one Dalton Bond. And then what, wasn't there another Bond, too, that I before – uh didn't they, remington steel what's yeah. that guy's name uh he lives in hawaii he's australian uh, too. Th- there was there was george lazenby an australian he did one yeah what about the guy who lives in hawaii what's his name i can't remember his name. <laughs> the, the guy pierce brosnan <laughs> pierce brosnan pierce yeah yeah and pierce was pierce was very good and he always wanted to be james bond he was very good at it where's he from is yeah. he australian he's irish irish I saw him in that yeah. movie. Uh, I watched a Bob Hoskins movie, The Long Good Friday. Bob Hoskins plays a British mobster, and Pierce Brosnan yeah. plays one of the uh, I- uh, IRA uh, thugs. I've been watching old movies a lot because what else are we supposed to do? I don't have a vineyard or sheep. I've just got you know. I, <laughs> I'm in my house. I smoke fish. I've got a, 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 a smoker, and I, I've been making fish. That's what I do. Wow, what do the neighbors say about that? It's it's not a big operation. I'm talking one piece of fish. It's not like I've got a you know a, oh, right. a okay. hut out it's there. Not, it's, it's not a. It's, it's not. not a, com- I'm not. It's not commercial. No, I'm not. <laughs> You're not stinking out the block. No, no, I'm not a problem in the neighborhood. <laughs> like yeah. a like a meth lab. It's a fish smoker. <laughs> <laughs> Where do you live? I live in the smoke fish <laughs> yeah. region. Yeah, a, oh, I know. Yeah. I've been there. It's it's yeah. horrific. Oh, you live near that, that guy? Yeah, that Jew who smokes a fish. Where does he think he's? Mark Maron. Yeah, that's him. Smoke fish guy. Yeah. it's a nightmare. So what? Um, so then, like looking back at the whole operation of your life, I mean, which movies are you like that? that I nailed it. I nailed that one. Oh, I don't think you ever really nailed. Come on, come on. No, no, no. There's always something. There's always, there's always a flaw. But you know, uh, um, nothing's perfect. And if you, if look, if you, if you, let's. When did it get close? (laughs) 
No, the, look, it's for other people to judge. I, I, I um, your experience. No, I, I don't. No, I look. I'm mostly mortified by watching myself, huh, still. and I, I don't enjoy it. I don't enjoy it. I don't enjoy watching myself. Really, but if other, if other people enjoy it, then I'm happy. And and the thing about Rams is that the, is that I've had such warm response to it, and people people have been getting hold of me and said, you know, it's the sort of film that makes you feel better about things. Yeah, and and that's a bit of a gift in in, in these rather bleak times and i have been i have to tell you i've been looking at a lot of recent movies because i'm in the academy and, and and i need to be in i need to see what's going on and there's been some very good films but almost universally they're they're a bit depressing yeah <laughs> so like it's why, kind which, of, which ones did you watch um uh i i really like the the suitable girl you know what is it the suitable girl. Um, that was the last one. Um, I don't know. Promising uh, young woman. Uh, Is that what you're talking? Uh, about? Pr- promising young woman. You watch it. Bad at titles. Yeah, that was. That was. I mean, it's a bleak film, but it's a very good film, isn't it? Did you watch? You know. You know which one's a real killer? Is that? Did you watch that? Pieces of a woman. No. Whoa, that's rough. Did you watch that? Nomadland. Did you watch that with the McDormand? Yeah. How was that? Yeah, it's good. It, I mean, she is, she's just amazing, isn't she? She's so remarkable. And and it's a very interesting film that it, it's seemingly completely unstructured, you know? Yeah. It, it, um, I I just watched, um, uh, I, I love him so much, I just watched The News of the World with Tom Hanks. Oh, was that good? Who is an object lesson on how to act on screen. and. And he has such sort of warmth and humanity, which just there's no one like him. You know, yeah. he's, he's he's really remarkable. Uh, yeah, he really is. But I, I I think like I the thing about Rams, you know, to, to wrap it up on that movie, I didn't know what to expect from that movie. I didn't know where it was going to go. You know, and it's always sort of heartbreaking. You know, these deep family feuds, and it's sort of interesting to me that you come from you know generations of uh, people involved with spirits, and this is a generational kind of you know, uh, goat movie, you know, <laughs> sheep movie. Yeah, yeah. But it, all of it is so weighted, but it's so simple, and everybody's so lovely in it. And the woman who plays the vet, what's her name? Um, Miranda Richardson. She's great. And I haven't seen her in yeah. a while. You know, and, I, it's, yeah. and uh, what about the guy who plays your brother? Who's that guy? Michael Caton. He's been a friend of mine since 1979. That's the last time we worked together. Really? <laughs> It was just so like yeah. I just didn't know how it was going to resolve itself, and it's so uh, it's so uh, 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 kind of uh, emotionally rewarding, you know. Oh, good. Yeah, I'm I'm glad you say that. It's good. Yeah, it was uh, it was it was, and and those those feuds, you know, where I am now on my vineyard. If you if you drive a mile down the road, there's a big old homestead, and uh, uh, it was built in the 1890s. I think it's a huge. Yeah, huge house, and it was inherited at one point by two brothers. Yeah, and these brothers uh, grew to hate each other to the extent that they could not live under the same roof. Mm. But neither of them would leave. So what they decided to do was to brick it up right through the center of the house. One lived down one end of the house, and the other. Like that's crazy. That <laughs> takes a, a, a certain type of will. Let me ask you yeah. something. So you you had that you've had the first. When did you, did you, is this what you always wanted to do? I mean, did, did you, did you get out of show business to be like, did you buy? No, I, I, I bought the land. Um, I, all those first three vineyards I planted, you know, we planted those grapes. We didn't, it's only the last vineyard that I, that was established that I bought. So um, it's 30 years now and um, it's, you know, I lead a sort of double life. I'm a Jekyll and Hyde. Uh, and and the hide is the guy that's um, uh, uh, that's growing the grapes, uh-huh. <laughs> and is crazily ambitious. Uh, Doctor Jekyll is the guy that goes to work on the movies, and and uh, and um, uh, while it might seem like a double life, it's also I think a sort of a balanced life. So it's somewhere between. You know, I've got one foot in the arts and the other one in the soil, I suppose. So it's not one or the other, and you still like doing movies. Oh, I love it. Okay. And I and 
and and I wouldn't I wouldn't go to work if if I didn't love it, and I wouldn't be growing anything here if I didn't love it. So so it is a balance. Yeah, it's not like I gotta yeah. I gotta feed this bad idea that <laughs> that I can't seem to extricate myself from. <laughs> I think there were times when my ex wife would have said that. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> What are you doing? What do you think you're doing, you crazy man? Well, I tell you, man, it was really a pleasure talking to you. I made my night. Thank you, Mark. It's lovely to see you. Lovely to talk to you. Yeah. Uh, we'll do it again sometime, but I think you got you got other stuff to do. Thank you so much. It's lovely, it's lovely to see you. Thanks, buddy. Take care. Okay. Bye now. That was fun. That was I really enjoyed talking to Sam. The film is called Rams. It's definitely a, a sweet movie to watch. Highly recommend it. All right? Dig some uh, hard rock riffage. Fonda. Cat angels everywhere, man.